Road to Life. We love you. We're so glad to be back together on our podcast. We're here with Pastor Mike Shepline, and we're going to hear the message from Sunday where you can be inspired through the Word of God and maybe even a funny story. For more information, visit RoadToLifeChurch.com, and we'll see you next week. Amen. Well, we have been in a, a, a series that we've called Too Strong, and what it came out of is we started something called Original Design, where we, where in our lives we look and, and we stop, and maybe if we've got an area that we say, oh, this is an area that's a struggle, we go back to what God says about that area and find out his original design or his original plan, and then we lock our faith on that and say, okay, Lord, this is your original design, and I'm going to believe you to do this in my life. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this thing called too strong, and we've been looking at what the Bible talks about, about being strong and living in the strength that God promises to provide for our lives. I think, you know, and when you look at it, the Bible talks about two different types of strength. There is a natural strength, and a natural strength is good. How many of you know what I'm saying? We all need a natural, we all need natural strength. But then there's what the Bible talks about, and the Bible talks about both of them. The Bible talks about we need both of them in our life. But then the Bible also talks about and spends way more time on what we what we would call a spiritual strength or the strength that God supplies. And it talks about that there's no limits to it or that it's limitless. Jesus said more than once that we are going to face things this side of heaven that are going to challenge us to the core. It's going to challenge us to the core of who we are. And he used words like this, trials, distress. He used words like, uh, you know, tribulation. He used words like um, adversity within our life and different things. And let me just throw this out there is understand that God has a plan. And part of that plan is us going through things that put pressure on us, us going through things that are difficult, that are hard. But what we realize is that when we tune into God, that we not only grow through them, but the strength that he puts in us going through them, equip us for what he has for our life tomorrow. And so when you think about natural strength alone, it isn't enough. And if we don't have the strength of God, this is what I've noticed, is that when we go through things, it can many times mark our soul negatively. We call it this, baggage. How many of you know what I'm saying? Where we go through things and we pick stuff up that we've got to overcome later in order order to step into God's best for our life. And you know, we've, what we've been doing is we've been unpacking something that God said in Ephesians chapter six, that he specifically said about being strong in the Lord and what he, what he calls the power of his might in our life. You know, in the Christian circles, if you've um, ever you know, kind of studied this or gone along the lines of Ephesians chapter six. It's, it's been called the armor of God chapter. You know, when people, 
that have been around, you know, and, and studied a lot. But what we found out is that there are six pieces of armor that are mentioned, and each one of them speaks to a specific area of our lives and ensuring that God has influence and continues to have influence in that area of our life. Because if God does not realize this, and we're going to see it in this context, that it is predictable, that is the area that Satan is going to try to disrupt our life. And so understanding the armor of God in order to apply it to my life, it strengthens one of those six areas in my life. Lasting transformation in our life is directly connected to understanding, believing, and then applying what we've, what we've learned in our life. That's lasting transformation in our life. Strength comes from believing what God says about my life and allowing it to change the way that I see myself, the way that I see others, and the way that I see my future in my life. That's, what, that's God's goal in our life. And I think sometimes we've got this misunderstanding about living strong in God or living in what we would call God's best for our life. And, and I want to emphasize best is um, I didn't say that we didn't know God, and I didn't say that I'm not saying that we don't, you know, we're not going to heaven and, and not, not wanting God in um, our life. But what I said is living in his best is it's this view that learning something is the same as growing in my life. That if I learn, then I grow. No, that's not the case. It is not the case at all. It's part of it. Part of it is learning. But what, what we've got to realize is it's learning and then taking what we've learned and allowing it to change the way that we think. Where we say, okay, God, I've learned this. And now I realize, I, I find this, the easiest part of growing is learning. The hard part is doing it. How many of you know what I'm saying? The hard part is, okay, I learned that. How many, of you, how many of you before have ever been in a situation and the Lord says, okay, I want you to be patient with that person. And you get around them, it's like, okay, I learned that. And then you get around that person and they hit your buttons. How many of you know the hard part is now applying what you've learned? Okay, everybody look straight ahead. Don't look at the person next to you. Some people, when I'm up here, they start looking at the person next to them. And what it is, is it's learning and then taking what we've learned and allowing it to change the way that we think. You know, there's a story in Luke chapter 11, where Jesus is going by, and this woman in the crowd shouts out to Jesus, blessed is your mom for having you. <laughs> I mean, how many of you all know that's, that's kind of a good thing, would you, would you not say? <laughs> Maybe a thought. Would they say that about you? Blessed is your mom for having you. He said, blessed is your, and Jesus responds to that, back to this woman in verse 28, Luke eleven twenty-eight. And it says, Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Wow, he look and say, well, he didn't say Mary wasn't blessed, but he said we can be more blessed by hearing and putting it into practice. Hearing and putting it in. The most blessed life that you can have is to hear God's word and then apply it 
to our life. And I realize that when I say that, that's challenging sometimes. It's challenging. Look at what uh, something Jesus said in Luke 6, verse 47 and 48. He said, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs, who digs deep and lays the foundation on a solid rock. Now look at this st next statement. When the floodwaters rise and break against it, that house, it stands firm because it is well built. Notice the statement there, when, not if. That we're going to go, there's going to be, you can be doing everything right and you're going to go through storms. But what the storms reveal is where my foundation is. They reveal that depth. And so learning is important, but for it to transform, I've got to be intentional about doing it. I personally believe that we should come to church and leave with a doggy bag every week. How many of you have been to a good restaurant and you leave with a doggy bag? You, you, leave, you say, what is a doggy bag? Okay, Lord, this is what you're saying to me, and Lord, I need you to help me because my desire is to apply this to my life. You know, years ago, my wife, and when I say years, I'm talking um, many years ago. I'll date, I'll date it even, and you'll see in just a moment. But my wife looked at me, and she said this to me. She said, we need to start working out. She was inferring me. How many of you know what I'm saying? She was, she was inferring me. She said, we need to start working out. And I said, I'm good. And she said, no, we need to start working out. So she went online and ordered, and this is how I'm going to date it, some VHSs. How many of you remember what a VHS is? She ordered these VHS exercise videos, and she started doing them. She started doing them, I think. Oh, you, okay, you couldn't order them. She bought them. Okay, <laughs> Okay, this, this, we're really dating ourselves right now. Okay, she bought them. You couldn't order them back then. And so she was doing these videos, and, I, and I, I remember I could tell a difference in her. How many of you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, yes, that's looking good. How many of you know what I'm saying? Is that I, I could tell a video, but realize, and I would occasionally sit and watch them with her. I would sit here and she'd be doing her thing and I would just be like drinking my coffee. How many of you know what I'm saying? Eating my egg McMuffin. <laughs> you know, and I'd be, be like, okay, baby, I'm going to head out. And I'd take off and she's still doing her thing. But realize until I did something more than watch it, it didn't change me. The information was there, but I had to apply it in order to do it. I personally believe that God was setting me up right there. Because as I look back, it wasn't a, oh, I think it was a year or two later, and I hurt my back, and then my good friend James DeMello just pretty much got up in my space, and he said, it's your core, buddy. It's your core. You got to get your, you know, I'm like, leave me alone. My wife tells me this. <laughs> but, I, but what it was is it was God saying to me, you need to, 
And until I got serious about it, nothing changed. Being strong in the Lord is yes, it is learning, but equally, if not more so, it's letting what I've learned change what I think and what I do. It's me saying, okay, God, I realize that what you're speaking. So in Ephesians chapter six, he lists six pieces of armor that parallel a specific area of our lives. And God is saying, if you're going to live strong, then these six key areas realize that you have got to be mindful of them or Satan will strategize and hit you in one of these areas. And so when we talk about these, what we're going to see is he said in this context, two times he said put on the full armor of God or put on the complete armor of God or put on all of the armor of God. In other words, I can put on five pieces of armor and forget one of them and that one that I did not put on and I, that I did not apply, that is where the enemy is going to strategize and hit my life. And so let's start reading in Ephesians 6 verse 10. It says, finally, uh, King James says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So we know that he's talking about being strong. We know that he's talking about in his power. And then in verse 11, he begins to tell us how. Put on the full or complete armor of God or all six pieces so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The Amplified defines it as a strategy or a well thought through plan. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Think about that for a moment. When's the last time that we were in a struggle and we stopped and said, this is a demonic attack on my life right now. Rather than look at somebody's face and say, I want to choke you out, realize it isn't them, it's the enemy. Are you with me? And we stop and we get all caught. God said, it is not flesh and blood. It is not a natural thing. Now look at verse 13. Therefore, or because that's where our fight is, Put on the full armor, there it is again, or the complete armor of God. So when the day comes, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Verse uh, 14, stand firm then, and this is the first piece of armor. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. You can go online and listen. With the number one is with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. The or the King James says your loins gird about with truth. We unpack that with the breastplate of righteousness in place. We talked about there's two kinds of righteousness. Positionally, we have a position because of what Jesus did, but functionally, we need to live right. We need to do right, and that that is the righteousness he's talking about. Both of those. That's the second piece. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That's the third piece. And we talked about that last week. And then in verse 16, in addition to all this, or on top of all of this, those first three pieces, take up the shield of faith, which with 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Look at that. And I want to just read it again and we're going to unpack it. In addition to all this, so we've stopped and we've said, okay, I've got the breastplate, my feet are shot, I've got the first three pieces of armor on. He said, in addition to that, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Look at the words in addition to. In other words, God's saying, you can do everything else, but if you forget this, it's going to have an impact on your life. The Amplified says, above all or over the top of all these things, have the shield of faith. When you think about this for a moment, is he said, take the shield of faith. In other words, I am the only one that can take the shield of faith. You say, I'm being tempted. God says, take the shield of faith. God, why don't you just take this from me? He said, I've given you a shield of faith that you must take, that I won't take, that your mama can't take, that your husband can't take, that your wife can't take, and that your kids can't take. You have got to learn to take the shield of faith when the enemy is attacking. And when you look at this word shield right here, and I looked it up in the Greek, and I want to just unpack it for a moment. It is a large, oblong, four-cornered shield. It's the only time in the entire New Testament that this word is used. It's only used one time in the New Testament. And if you look at its root word, the root word means a door. That's what it means. Used of any opening like a door, an entrance, a way, or a passage into. Realize this, that the shield of faith is a door that we put up that we don't let anything into our life unless it lines up with what God says about our life. If you look at the word faith here, so he said the shield of faith. The word faith, this is its defined assurance. Believe, belief, faith, and fidelity. I like this, and this is a uh, concordance, but it says this, the character of one who can be relied on. So the shield of faith in my life is that I can rely on the character of God because he's faithful. I can rely, God is trustworthy. The shield of faith is a functioning belief. And when I say functioning, it's every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is a functioning belief and an assurance in the character of God. So much so that I rely on it with my life. And he said, it's a shield. It's a doorway in your life. He said, it's a doorway. And you've got to make everything go through that doorway. When I get poked, what I bleed is that. God, I have confidence in your character. You're trustworthy. You're faithful. Your word. If anybody is faithful, God is faithful. If anybody you can trust, God you can trust in. If anybody will stand with you, God will stand with you. I didn't say you would control everything, but I would say you would learn to trust the one who's in control and he'll turn everything for our good. He'll turn it for our good. Look at what he said it does is it extinguishes the flaming arrows of the evil one. Extinguish means to put out. 
a flaming arrow when you think about it in the way that the enemy, and we're going to see it, is the way that he attacks our life is through our thoughts. He attacks our life, just gives you a crazy thought. Someone came to me a few months back. They didn't go here. They went to another church, and they were an elder, and they said, I feel like that I'm going crazy. I said, what do you mean you feel like? said, I'm just driving down the road, and these crazy thoughts start coming to my mind. What is that? That is the enemy attacking your mind. It's the enemy attacking your mind. He's, he's attacking your mind and thoughts, they just come to my mind. And what it is, is God is saying, the shield of faith is when you stop and you say, I take this and I have confidence in the character and in the goodness of God over my life. And I will extinguish that thought, that thing that just attacked my mind with what God says, and I'm believing what God says over what that says, and God says it extinguishes what the enemy is trying to get you to think on. It extinguishes it. See, thoughts are going to come to our mind. They're going to come. I think it's interesting that he's writing this. There's never going to be a time in your life where you get so mature that you are not going to have to lift up the shield of faith from crazy thoughts. Just crazy thoughts. Whatever your life is made up of, realize that there's weaknesses and there's temptations. And the shield of faith stops and says, you know, you're, maybe you're believing God and it's not going as quick as you thought or the symptoms or whatever is not going. God says, I need you to lift up that you have confidence in my character and in my goodness and lift up your shield and declare what I say over your life and it will extinguish that attack, that arrow, that missile that the enemy is aiming at your life. They're contrary to the promises. We know who the... It says that they would extinguish all the flaming arrows or missiles of the evil one. The evil one is Satan. Notice, though, is we never come to the point where we don't have to extinguish wrong thoughts in our life. We never come to that point. You never, some people are waiting to say, oh, I'm not tempted anymore. Oh, I don't have these crazy thoughts. The Bible says Jesus was tempted in every manner like we are, yet without sin. It is not a sin to be tempted. It isn't. It's when we give in to the temptation in our life. And what he does is he attacks our mind with thoughts to try to get us to question and to doubt the goodness of God and the ability of God in our life. He attacks that in our life. How do we get there where we stop and we say, okay, my shield is extinguishing. And maybe you're here right now. Your mind is just getting hit. You're just getting hit in a particular area. Maybe you're in a trial right now in a particular area. I get it. Sometimes we have seasons in our life. How many of you know what I'm saying? Where it's just like, okay, I'm ready for this season to be over with. Is, is we just have seasons. But the way that we get to the point where we say, okay, my faith, my, the shield of faith in my life where I trust in the character of God, and I'm just going to give you just five quick thoughts, is number one, it comes from accurate information about God from his word. Do I have accurate information or do I just have boiled down information that came from somebody else, that came from grandma, how many of you know what I'm saying, that came from whatever, and I can't look at it and say, okay, that's what God says about himself. Have you ever met somebody before 
and somebody told you some things about the person and you met them and thought, wow, they're nothing like what that person told me about. How many of you know what I'm saying? Let me just tell you this. God gets a bad rap because of what people have said about him. He gets, and unless we stop and say, I need accurate information about God from his word. Number two is this, is we go through a situation that tests that information. It tests the info that we got. We go through a situation to try to get us to act in opposition to what we've learned. It's predictable. This is predictable. Growing in God is getting the right information based on my relationship. It's not just information, but I know about the goodness of God in my life. And then what happens is it tells us in Mark 4 that Satan comes at once to try to steal it from us. He comes at once. And and what he's trying to do is to get us to act in opposition to what we've learned. The third is not letting go regardless. I'm not going to let go, Lord. I'm not going to let go. I'm going to just stand. I'm not going to let go. And what happens is this is the fourth, is it becomes real, then it becomes relaxed, then it becomes dependable, and then it becomes normal. Or we stop and we've been there so many times, it's just like, oh my gosh, been through this. It's real, it's relaxed, it's dependable, and it's normal. And the last thing is it just becomes a reflex is the ultimate goal. And and I'm going to just throw this thought out there. This is where good godly friends come in our lives. Because how many of y'all know we all got a day? We all have days. But good godly friends get up in our space. And they're like, you're thinking crazy. You need to realize this. And they kind of encourage us, but then equally they challenge us. See, faith is trust. God said it's like a shield that quenches darts when the enemy is attacking my mind with the wrong thoughts. And what I must do is lift it up. I am the one, nobody else, I have to lift it up and God said it will extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. I remember when I first got saved, my thinking was so screwed up. I bet it's probably maybe more screwed up than everybody, anybody in here. Not everybody together, but any one person, you know what I'm saying? And I remember that my thinking was so screwed up that I would just be like, I mean, crazy thoughts, just, you know what I'm saying? Crazy thoughts, crazy thoughts, just constant, nonstop. And I'd be like, God, you know what I'm saying? Help. And I had to start saying, I had to stop and begin to say, Lord, I'm going to train my mind to think on what you say and your promise in that area that I'm being tempted, I'm being tested, and I'm being tried. And then when, as I begin to do that, all of a sudden my life begin to feel, okay, God, you've promised. You know, I think that when you think about it, a thought comes, and it, but it doesn't make it through the door of your relationship with God. It comes, But your relationship with God, remember shield, the root word is door. It doesn't make it through the door. It doesn't get through the door. You know, if not by myself, realize this, that I am not all alone. I am not, but I've been adopted by God. 
I have a relationship with God. He gave his only son to pay for my mistakes in order to get me, and he's leading my life. I, you know, I, I look at this, and you look at the word um, arrows, and it's a plural word. In other words, today's arrow might look different tomorrow. What the enemy uses to come against you today, it will, it will probably look different tomorrow. You know, when you think about original sin, this is really what, if you go all the way back in Genesis, do you remember God said to Adam, he said, you can freely eat from any tree in the garden. In Genesis chapter 2, he said, you can freely eat from any tree in the garden. He said, but the tree in the center of the garden of knowledge of good and evil, you can't eat from that tree. You remember that? And then what we see is that the serpent comes to Eve and says to Eve, you know, you won't die. Do you remember that? In Genesis 3 verse 4, he said, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman. And then in verse 5, he said this. This is what the enemy said. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now look at the first, uh, just half a sentence in verse 6. The woman was convinced. Notice this, that the enemy said whatever God said won't happen, and she was convinced. She was, okay, whatever God said, he's holding out on me. And she reasoned contrary to what God said. You know, I want to just, it doesn't say this, but I, this is kind of me putting it together. We never have any record of God telling Eve not to eat from the tree. He told Adam. And you can readily tell, you can readily tell that Adam told Eve because she quoted it. But what we have to realize in our life is very simple, is that when you think about it, is that my relationship with God must be firsthand experience and not built on somebody else's experience. It must be built. My relationship with God cannot be dependent upon somebody else. It must be firsthand experience in my life. And when you think about it is, you know, God has favorites, but his favorites are all of us. Every one of us are his favorites. Every one of us are God's favorites. And what he, but what we've got to realize is he loves us all the same, and he wants us to trust him with our life. The basis for all, giving, all life-giving relationships is trust. When you think about your life, if you don't trust somebody, what you typically do is you figure out a way to position and leverage yourself that you will never allow yourself to get put in a spot that you have to depend on that person. Trust is the basis for relationships. The Bible says that those that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And God wants us to come to him and believe, God, you've got my life. God, you've got my future. Lord, I know you've got me. And what it does is it produces trust in our life. Your life right now might not be where you want it to be, but I'm here to tell you, if you've given your life to Jesus, he's got you and he wants you to enjoy the journey and to trust him. 
He wants you to lift up the shield of faith in and over your life. You know, you might be here and you say, well, you don't understand. You know, you don't understand what I go through. You don't understand my background and my situation. I'm just going to, you're probably right. I don't. But you look at me up here and you think, oh, you're just a preacher. and You know, you, you don't go through what everybody else goes through. Uh, I'm going to just tell you a quick story about myself. I know they're up here. You know, we moved here in 2000, me and my wife and our three small kids. Now they're like they've passed us up. Four, did I say three? Yeah, you did. Oh, that's just bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> our four kids, we moved here, and when we moved here, we decided that we were going to build our build a house because we couldn't uh, we didn't we couldn't find one that we liked that we felt like fit us and so we decided to build a house. In early in the summer of 2002, as I had we, we were almost on two acres and so we had to clear it and I like working with my hands and so we cleared it and we were burning these brush piles and I went and got a five gallon thing of kerosene and we're burning all these brush piles and I probably had like 15 of them and they were like I mean they were like from here to the wall they were that big trees and all kinds of stuff and I was burning them and I got right down to the last brush pile and I ran out of kerosene and so I thought to myself I'm just gonna I got gasoline how many of you are with me I got gasoline and I'm just gonna use a little gasoline but what it was in the spring of 2000 in too. And what I did in early summer, what I didn't realize is the, the gasoline vaporized and it was in the air. And when I went to light it, it exploded and it blew me. My wife said the windows on the house shook and it blew me. She said, I looked out the window and you were rolling across the yard. And, and so I, and, and you say, well, what happened is I got burned bad. They said, she took me over to Lakeland and they said that, that I was burned on 70% of my body was burned. And as soon as I got there, they examined it and said, we can't do anything with you. And they called the Bronson Burn Center and Bronson sent a helicopter that picked me up at Lakeland and flew me to the Bronson Burn Center. And when I got to the Bronson Burn Center is they had given me, they gave me five shots of morphine to kill. And they said, we can't give you any more because you'll die if we give you any more. But by the fifth shot, I was feeling pretty good. How many of you know what I'm saying? And, and, and so, and so as I'm there in the room, they came in and it went from, they said 70% over here. We landed and they said, you're at 50%, 50% of your body. And I remember sitting up in my bed, you know, they'd given me morphine. And I remember looking at them and saying, I need to preach in two days. That's what I said. This was a Friday. I said, I need to preach. And the guy looked at me and said, you're going to be in here for weeks. You ain't preaching nowhere. You're going to be in here for weeks. And that you're going to need skin grafts and you're going to need all this kind of stuff in your life. And I remember just sitting there thinking to myself, this is not what I had planned. Are you with me? This is not, I have four kids, not three, four kids. 
And I'm sitting there, and as I'm sitting there, and they're going through this thing, as Jill came up, and I'm, in, I'm at Bronson, and I said to them, I just began to say, and I just began to speak out of my mouth and out of my heart, Lord, you said that by your stripes I, have, I am healed. You said that you are my healer. I believe I am grateful for all of these doctors that are around me, but Lord, you are my healer. Some people get so caught up in why did this happen? How come it's me? You know what? It's already happened. Who cares? How about now growing through it? It's already done. We get all focused on how could God let this and how could God let that and how could God let this? Listen, I'm a preacher and it happened to me. And I said here, and I just, I'm not going to get into a pity party about who's to blame or anything else. I just began to stop and say, Lord, I trust you. God, you're my healer. And they send in this plastic surgeon, and this plastic surgeon begins to talk to me and says, he says, well, we can't do anything with you for about a week. We got to let some skin grow, and then we're going to graft this, and we're going to graft this. And I just looked at him and said, he was Jewish. I looked at him, and I said, I'm grateful for your expertise, and I'm grateful for all that you know, but I am not going to need your services. I appreciate that. And he, they're all just looking at me like, you're nuts. You know what I'm saying? Make a long story short, three days later, I went home. Three days later. I had an appointment to go see him a week later. And he said this, he said, I don't get it, but you're not gonna need my services. To this day, I don't have one scar on my body. Not one scar. Everything totally healed, but I had to stop. And I'm just going to tell you, it wasn't fun. It wasn't easy. It was painful. It was hard. I would, doubts were constantly coming. I had a meeting with the nurses because the nurses would come in and wake me up five times a night to ask me if I was okay. Said, if I'm sleeping, and that thing says my heart is beating, then I'm okay. You don't have to ask me if I'm okay. I'm okay. I said, don't wake me. How many of you are with me on that? And they all, okay, we'll let you go for six hours. But then we have our protocol, whatever, whatever, whatever. But I want to tell you, there are times that I didn't feel like it. There are times it was really difficult. There are times that the pain was so loud. There are times all of the above. But what I said is in my heart, I lifted up, God, my confidence is in you. You're a good God. You're a faithful God. Jesus, you gave me a promise that you said by your stripes, healing is available to me. And I'm asking and believing you're touching my physical body. You're healing my physical body. And see, in our lives, sometimes God says to us, I need you to lift up the shield of faith. You know who I am. You've seen what I've done. I have been good to you. I have been faithful to you. Don't give in to the emotion of the moment. Don't give in to the, the 
dart or the arrow that the enemy is sending your way, but lift up that shield that you trust in my character, you trust in my goodness, you trust in my loving kindness, you trust in my faithfulness in your life and lift it up and begin to speak it out of your mouth that in the name of Jesus, God, I'm so glad that I declare over my life, not this junk that's trying to get in my head, but what you say about me is the truth. Amen. Stand to your feet if you would.